Welcome to the number one podcast in Rhode Island. This is Sean Brown, founder, owner, philanthropist of Move Mountains Co. We're doing it live. All right, welcome back to another episode of Moving the Mountain, a creative leadership podcast. I'm your host, Sean Brown, owner of Move Mountains Co., a wedding film company here in Rhode Island. This is also the number one podcast in Rhode Island uh, as of lately. So great success there. Thank you guys for always tuning in, subscribing. This week we have Agent Kev, uh, real estate um, mogul. Yeah, that works. Described um, on the podcast. So uh, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Kevin, how you doing? Well, let me tell you, Sean, I am doing phenomenal. Well, actually, before we get into that, this week's episode is sponsored by Red Bull. Each uh, gives you wings. Each episode, we we do a different beverage here, so crack into these bad boys. Use a little more energy. Oh, cheers! Cheers. Oh, that's the stuff right there. So, Kev, why don't you give the listeners a, a little bit of a lowdown about what you do? Sure thing, Shawnee B. So, my name's Kev, Agent Kev. I am in real estate. I've been in real estate for about the last five years. I started off as an investor, then became a realtor, helping others. And that's pretty much it. I own rental properties, I sell houses, and live my life. Right on. So, how many, um, how many rental properties are you up to now? Currently five. Five. And how old are you? 26. 26. And when did you get into real estate? Well, Sean, if you were paying attention. Oh, jeez. <laughs> God. Should we start over? <laughs> Take it from the top. All right. Welcome back to another episode <laughs> of Moving the Mountain, a creative leadership podcast. Now with our ears open. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Five years ago, when I was 21, I got my first duplex. That's pretty good. So yep. um, as an entrepreneur, as someone who's 21... Um, I'm 35. I haven't yet pulled, pulled the trigger on, on buying a house. Um, for some reason, owning such a large asset is kind of like overwhelming to me. So what is that like? How did you end up like pulling the trigger on a property? And like, where did you get the knowledge as far as like, Hey, this is a good investment other than like people always saying like real estate's a good investment. Yeah. So I actually, for a short time, I worked in it and I met this gentleman who was actually it's funny. He didn't talk too much. He was a uh, a felon, actually. Mm. And for some reason, we were always put on jobs together, whatever. And, you know, I'd pretty much be talking to myself and we, you know, go to lunch and stuff like that. But um, one day, you know, I mean, I, I was working at this job. I was making pretty good money. And I, the idea popped in my head. I was like, hey, I'll buy a single family. I'll rent out the rooms. And, uh, you know, it would be a good way to get my first house. I mean, that kind of just randomly popped in my head. And mm. And for some reason, I started talking about it with this guy, and uh, he's like, no, don't do that. You should get the multifamily. I have three units. I live in one with my girlfriend, rent out the other two. And I, you know, and it blew my mind, because he's like, oh, yeah, I live for free. I was like, holy shit. I'm like, I didn't think, it just, it didn't dawn on me. You know, I've never even, like, considered real estate. And, uh, but he, he told me about that, and then he told me to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. 
and I read that book and it changed my You know what's life. funny is uh, I was on a family trip to Hawaii. I think it was about 23 and um, there was this old like bot service that like you could, I forgot the name of it, like you could an- ask a question to like, what's the weather today? Or like recommend a book. And I was boarding the flight or I was like maybe getting ready to board the flight and um, I asked it to recommend me a book and it recommended me that book and I bought it and um, I, re- I was like a little on the fence because I think I had a, like a, a different mindset about money growing after, up. After reading it, you were on the fence? Well, I think it exposed my mindset towards how I thought about money, um, where I always kind of thought about money, like having money as like a, almost like a bad thing, like a, a bad yeah. person, you know? Right. And so I was very uncomfortable reading that book. And I'm like, ah, oh, I just don't know if I like agree with this guy, you know, but he does talk a lot about real estate. Um, and it's funny that we both read that book and years later, you know, um, people who, you know, I look up to have like, Oh yeah, that's a great book. Yeah. It, it, yeah. For me, I mean, it, it changed. Yeah. It, it was definitely uncomfortable for me too reading it. Cause I was just kind of like, Oh my God. I'm like, like, why didn't I learn this sooner? That's kind of how I was like mm-hmm. looking at it. And <clears throat> it just, it blew my mind. You know, I come from a kind of a blue collar background, you know, work nine to five, put your money in a 401k and, uh, you know, you'll be good in 40 years, 50 years, you right. know? So yeah, it just, it blew my mind, like how much faster you can accelerate your financial gain and, and just your growth, um, your yeah. leverage. And that's really like, I feel like the book, what it really taps into is just opening your eyes. Cause it's not necessarily about real estate. It's more about the power of leverage and how you can use it to, um, you know, to expand quickly and condense your timelines. Yeah. Um, I remember too, uh, I was working at a stop and shop, um, at that time and, and kind of feeling, I think similar to you, you like kind of coming from blue collar background where you're like, okay, I really got to put in my time here 401k, all that stuff. And, uh, I'm more of a person of like passion where like, I didn't really care about money too much. And I remember working this job and like, but the money I was making, you know, minimum wage at the time, uh, still living at home, I was like, I have just as much money not working as I do working. And like, I, I couldn't get it. I was like, how do people do this every day? That was like unfathomable to me. Like people spend their lives like mostly unhappy doing things that they don't like to do um, because they feel like this is just what you do. This is what right. you have to do. And you kind of just fall into and it's the same thing i don't know where that comes from societal well, pressure i, I want to make the point too because i i also feel like it, it gets a little demonized the nine to five life mm. and like if you're doing what because there are perks to it like you know i mean you being an entrepreneur like you understand fun, you're pretty much on call your exactly. entire life i mean we're here is, what time we're recording after hours 7 p.m yeah i thought this place was going to be all set up <laughs> Josh, if you're listening, <laughs> you <laughs> son of a, <laughs> but, um, you know, it, it can be frustrating. Exactly. There's a lot of pain points. Like you right. know, you're like grooming people, like you're, you're training them you're up. Responsible. The up. Your responsibilities are a lot higher. Right. You know, I mean, really. And the risk, your risks are a lot right. higher. I'm sure your risks, you know, compared to, right. you know, a nine to five employee, like, you know, yeah, I mean, if depending banks, if the banks wants to call your notes, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on how you look at risk. I, I mean, I look at it in a way like people think I'm taking such huge risk. I think I'm probably taking the least amount of risk 
from the people I know for the most part, probably other than like maybe you, because I, 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 basically are you saying you're not taking risks? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm taking actually less risk than a 95. Yes. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because no, and in certain ways, I mean, you know, nine to five provides you security. It provides you a steady paycheck, but if you're not investing it right, because you can you can get be, get rich on a nine to five too. I mean, you know, you can climb the ladder. It depends what you do with your money. You got to invest throw it no away, matter what. You have to invest. That's the key, no matter what you do. But the way I look at it, for me, I mean, I I'm free. Like nobody can fire me. Nobody. I mean, banks calling back their notes. If I'm making my payments, they're not calling back the note. And mm-hmm. if they do, I mean, the real estate backs it up. So yeah. like really. I can't, I really, the, the only thing that could, and like full disclosure, right? The only real risk that I have in my business, and, and I'm just speaking from owning real estate. I'm not talking from you know selling real estate. That's different. But from owning it, rental properties, the only real risk I have is rental, rent depreciation. If the rents go down, that's what's going to hit me. Right. So you'll be a little upside down as far as. Yeah, yeah, especially well, if your margins are tight, I guess. Well, tight or not, I just in general, like if rents collapse, like if we had like a Detroit situation where like the air, because that's really the only thing historically that can really bring down rents, because mm-hmm. rents don't go down typically, um, even during a housing crash. They either stagnate or they go up, and the only thing that really can bring them down is if the area deteriorates. So, you know, like they say with real estate, location, location, location. Right. So if you're buying in a low, you know, you're buying in a de- half decent location, or even if you're buying in a crappy location, the rents are already low. Like, you know what I mean? It, that's why th- there's really not a lot of risk there. Um, yeah. So I'm willing to take that risk. Yeah. And, um, I, I mean, I, w- I would agree with you there. Like as far as like, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a vulnerable position, you know, we're doing over 300 weddings. We have, you know, people on staff, um, anything could happen. It's like the pandemic, right? Yeah, but I mean, people aren't going to stop getting married. Yeah, (laughs) but I think it's more just like, you know, employee turnover, things like that. You know, you kind of, you could put yourself in a pinch, I think, pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, but I'd rather be doing what I do than Oh, yeah. Well, the rewards are so much higher that it's, it's, I mean, for me. And not to knock, like I said, not to knock a 95, like, you know, I think there's something great about, being able to go to a place every day, you know, you punch in, you punch out, you leave your troubles and then at the door. Right. It's at the, there's nobody calling you. There's nobody. Right. There, there's perks to it. There definitely is perks to it. But I did send them a text message. That thing's not set up. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Shawnee Brown. <laughs> I should have slacked them though. Should have slacked. Uh, what are you going to do? No, the, those guys are great though. They do a good, good job. Um, what was the next thing I wanted to talk to you about? Uh, we were t- just talking about real estate and um, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Uh, Let's just chill for a little bit. How is Miami? Don't talk about it. Yeah, I was going to talk about it. I can't talk too much about it. Can't disclose um, it. But it was, uh, it was a lot of fun, you know, good food. Trip your life, son. I'm a little jealous that you almost talked more about your trip to Miami than our trip to Costa Rica. Well, which was quite the endeavor. The trip that I was did one of the best trips. It was phenomenal. No, I, I, I do talk about the trip to Costa Rica. I think with Miami, 
It's it, a different trip. It was different. Yeah. I mean, Costa Rica was freaking amazing. But, you know, we were there a couple days. Uh, I mean, it was great. I, I don't even have any complaints about it. I thought it was hilarious. Everything went wrong. It was very funny. <laughs> it almost made the trip better that every single thing. It wouldn't went have been wrong. the same. Yeah. It wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. It was we w- and if anyone doesn't know, we went to Costa Rica for two days. Yeah, we were also checking out some real estate, Yoko Village. Yoko Village, um, shout out. Which seems like a great development, um, but it's in the very early stages, it seems. Um, but yeah, Agent Kev, we you know do some real estate, and uh, we went down there to check it out. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. missed our flights out of the gate. And then we had flights, a charter flight off one of the islands. You had Sanjay kicking your chair. Yeah, Sanjay on the flight. I've n- Sean, let me tell you, when Sean, Sean's a very patient guy. But when he reaches that limit, I seen him. We were on the plane. He's laying back in his chair, catching his sleep. Like, you know, this is a long-ass flight. We're probably going like seven, what was it, seven hours? No, seven hours. Something ridiculous. Yeah. So I was trying to catch a little shut-eye. I was okay. tired. And then we have this, this well, lovely. Well, because I didn't get a lot of sleep the night before. I sold my car. I had to sell your car. <laughs> Sean, Sean had to sell his car the night before this trip. I had strip. to sell it, yeah. So, dude, I need it. <laughs> <laughs> he had to do it um yeah no sean was just kicking back in his chair trying to catch a snooze and this this fine um hispanic family behind us uh one of them just starts beating his chair um we call him sanjay and uh sean just whips whips around his <laughs> hair like he has this crazy hair like he was like this like asleep he's like <laughs> flips flips around he's like can you stop kicking my chair <laughs> And the the kids like por qué, <laughs> hola, and then like the mom doesn't know like they don't speak oh any English, God. and then he just kept continued beating his seat. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's a real patient guy, but when you get oh him there, God. yeah, no, that was great. We what else did we do? We rode, we flew that Jurassic Park plane. Yeah, uh, bartering. Oh, get this. So me and Sean both had the same idea. So it was very interesting. We both went on this trip very under underprepared. I mean, we almost actually ditched the whole thing for a BLT. Yeah, that's true. For lunch. Oh, we can actually pause because uh, our assistant is here. Why pause? Oh, yeah, bring her in. Bring yeah, her in. Bring, grab a chair. Tiana. Come uh, on, Tiana. You know, oh, oh, I was sh- suffering from a headache and I just... Sean, Sean needs his blue chew. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Have employee problems? Try a leave. Advil. Yeah, that's yeah, that's Advil. Why should I take these? Dos. Tiana, come on in. Pull up a chair. It's not even recording. Just come on in. It's not even recording. How many do you take of these? Two. Come on in. Oh, the best podcast you don't prepare. All right. I was in this thing. All right. We were making a lot of headway with the real estate stuff. So a whole lot of headway. Let's kind of jump back into that. All right. Let's do it. All right. So <laughs> rich dad, poor dad. We talked about passions a little bit. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't see myself um, doing you know anything other than what I'm doing. I'd rather be an entrepreneur. But I do think, you know, we're kind of hating on the nine to five. I do feel like there is value in that. You get to leave your, your problems at the door. Right. Yeah. So that's. That's pretty nice. It, 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 everybody has their own kind of personality. I mean, you have it's the amount of uncertainty you can live with. For me, I can live with a high amount of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now it's getting better because you know I have you know 
Oh, excuse me. I think your threshold too for uncertainty um, grows. True. Right. It, it, the irony is the uncertainty becomes more certain as you get used to it. Mm. Like I'm used to not getting paid right away and I'm fine with that. Yeah, that could be like the the hardest part at first where it's just like, all right, where's my next check coming from? Mm. Am I going to be able to afford? And I think, too, if you're really serious about it, the sooner, the sooner you burn the ships, the better. I left before. I left my steady paying jobs a little before. I mean, you don't want to be stupid, but I, I left them a little before I was ready. And for me, you know, putting your back against the wall, it's, um, you know, it makes you work a lot harder. You know, it's... You're not going to, my, my mantra to myself is like, I'm not going to let myself be homeless. Hmm. So I just, I keep, and I still do it now. Like, even though I'm like, you know, it's so some up kind now. of spiritual practice. Your mantra. I believe my it's mantra. pronounced mantra. Mantra, tomato, potato. You ever see that movie where he's just like, he calls his uh, spiritual guru and he's just like, I forgot my mantra. I haven't, Sean. I don't watch movies. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So someone looking to get into the space of real estate, um, as this is a creative leadership podcast, right? We really want to equip people. Um, what, what would you say is like the first steps? Maybe that was it. Burn, burn the ships, right? Is that the first way to no. kind of get started? No. no, don't, you don't want to torch the ships when you're completely like green. Okay. First, you want to learn what you're doing. There's a lot of resources out there. I mean, connect with people, but also like online, like honestly, YouTube University. Um, there's a lot of, especially now, there's a lot more resources online to learn from. I spent, before I even bought my first property, I spent about a year reading books. Reading books and watching videos and learning the numbers down to the T. Because mm. um, the more you know your stuff, because real estate's all, it, it's, it's, it, it's not, the important part of real estate isn't the buildings, it's the people. It's a people business. You're going to need people to grow. You're going to need people to maintain it. What you're, do you mean by people? Like you're going to need your relationships. Like you're going to need. So your management company, things like that? Not even just like that. I, I mean, yes, that's part of it, but also like getting the money, relationships with your banker, friends, family. You really don't know where the money's going to come from, by the way. And a lot of people have hangups with working with friends and family. Like, oh, it's, I won't do that. I can't borrow my parents' money. Well, you're, you're doing yourself and your family a disservice um, hmm. by doing so. I'm not saying necessarily, I'm not saying borrow it for free. Give them money. Pay them interest. I mean, if they have, or you borrow their credit. That's another thing too. That's how I got started really was borrowing, borrowing credit. You borrow other people's credit and then pay them for it. It's like, okay, yeah. Like, I mean, it has to make sense. You know, the deal has to make sense. You want it to, you want to frame it like, yeah. Like, and so if you're, if you know, you're in their shoes, they're like, okay, I'm going to give this person money. That's not even mine to make money for doing nothing. Cause that's essentially what it would be. Right. You know, in certain cases, you know, if you're, you know, like for me, the way I got started, I borrowed against my parents' house. So that's kind of how it was. That's how I got my first property. That's pretty good. Like, you know, that's. And they got paid. Yeah. They took a risk on you, but yep. it's like. That seems very risky, right? You bring that up. Oh, you're yeah. like, I borrowed against my parents' house. So your parents let you borrow against their home. Yes. Right? And maybe you pay them a certain amount of interest. Yep. You Still. say that, and to me, it even really is like, oh, my God. Yeah. It well, sound too bright. The, no offense. No, I know. No. I, I'm just. But they'll, parents will co-sign a college. 
<laughs> I know. I know. That's the that's the funny thing. But you know what's funny with my parents? They they didn't co-sign for my college. <laughs> like, and nothing, you know, nothing against you. Love you, mom and dad. Like, you know, I, I wouldn't expect them to. But it, it it's, you know, exactly what you're saying. Like, people think my parents took such a big risk, you know, in, investing in me, like, to, you know, to buy this property, rehab it, and, you know, refinance, all that good stuff. But I'm like, there's, there's very low, there's actually very low risk here because worst case scenario was, and I told them this, I said, look, you know, they're like, oh, what if, you know, the tenants get evicted, blah, 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 blah. What if you can't do it? I'm like, okay, fine. I renovate the property. I'll sell it. You know, I showed them the comps, you know, I, I showed all the numbers, right? Mm. Renovate it, sell it. You guys keep every dime of the profit. I won't take a single penny. You keep everything and you'll do nothing. And then that'll be it. It's funny. Sometimes I think, um, like we've had interns kind of come and go and, um, I think about the same way, you know, with parents, they co-sign in college. Right. But it's just like a camera is like seven grand, you know, it's like, you'd be, you'd be, that's a good investment. If your son or daughter's like interested in photography, yeah, like that's a good investment. Like a camera is a good investment. Like I feel like investing into your kids in like really practical ways. I don't have any kids, but <laughs> From Sean, the outside looking, Sean's down. parenting advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, moving them out in a parenting podcast. <laughs> parenting podcast. Two Rhode men Island's with no one. kids. <laughs> but we're going to tell you how to raise yours. <laughs> Sounds pretty accurate, though. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Let's let's switch gears a little bit, right? We want to talk Sean. about the personality, which is Agent Kev. Agent Kev. Agent Kev. Agent Kev. Agent Kev. Which I think. It's uh, it's a little bit different. It's a much more millennial-like kind of type of branding that you've done for yourself. Mm. Um, it's like this weird uh, wild party boy. It's not professional at all. It's very unprofessional. Yes, sir. Um, you're shirtless a lot of the times in a lot of these <laughs> posts. And I'm like, yo, who's hiring this guy as their real estate agent? It's <laughs> kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you're right. I mean, honestly, like... I'm a goofball. I've been a goofball my whole life. I um, love that though. You were you were able to like integrate your personality, right. you know, into your persona, like for your business. Right. You, know, you don't have to be anybody other than you when you show up, right? Uh, and you are very personable, right? So it's just like, you know, um, well, but thank you. But you really you you play it up, you know, on social media. Well, it, it, again, it, for me, it's very natural. And like when I, I when I started, I tried doing the whole professional route, like kind of, you know, I, I think some of my earlier videos and stuff, um, you know, I tried the, the whole professional thing, like, you know, kind of putting the tie there and um, <clears throat> and just being very like, I don't know, it just wasn't me and it was boring. People weren't watching. You know right. what I mean? I mean, the thing is, it's like you got to know what you're doing. Like when I'm sitting down with a client, like I'm not sitting there with my shirt off. So, contrary to popular belief. That's, that's an extra fee. Well, depends on who the client is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's probably a fair housing violation. No. <laughs> hey, you want to buy a house? No. Um, no, but I mean, it, it's it's like a good balance. And I feel like I, I achieve that balance between... Because, I mean, people appreciate it, too. They like to have fun. And when things are entertaining, yeah, absolutely. I find people learn more when they're entertained first. And I feel like it establishes trust. Yeah. Well, they know you're being real. Right. It, it helps. And I feel like that, when it comes to a real estate agent, you know, someone who's going to sell you, like, a car, 
you know, or any, yeah, like any you want to feel like the person straight person. up and like you're yeah. getting like the real deal. And people appreciate it. And, and it's also, I mean, you know, it, it's nice too when you're like being different. You know, what I saw, oh, excuse me, damn Bajas. Um, Shout out to Bajas. Great place. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, I see a lot of people, you know, and nothing wrong with it, right? I mean, you know, you should be professional, if, especially if that's who you are. I mean, at the end of the day, you got to be who you are. And if it's, mm-hmm. you know, if it's more like the others than less or whatever, doesn't matter the more authentic you are the better you'll be yeah i think what the brand really has to like ring true to who you are like uh, like authenticity is like one of the like most yeah. important things and i felt like that was the most important thing you know building my brand was like authenticity right. like i wanted to feel true to myself and i was able to actually channel the brand as a form of self-expression you know which is right. huge uh, and i think it's really important i think it's like an overlooked aspect of uh, human nature is just like self-expression, right. uh, and I, you know, I feel like you do like a, well, a good people, job with that. And people can sense bullshit. Yeah. I mean, really, like when you're not like being yourself, or you're you're not being who you are. And, and here's the thing: I mean, you know, you're gonna have haters. It's not like everybody likes what I do. A lot of them are like. Oh, I saw the comments, especially <laughs> yeah. on that TikTok. Oh yeah, they, uh, TikTok, TikTok. They, they, were, ro- they were roasting this. They were roasting my my do my. What do they say about? What was the exact comment? Can we bring it up, Jamie? Can we bring it up, <laughs> Jamie? I know we need a Jamie. We man. do need a Jamie. Tiana. <laughs> Tiana should be here right now. Um, oh, you're actually going to bring it up. Oh, do you want me uh, to? No, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. bring it up. Um, yeah, they're like, what do they say? <laughs> I actually love these. Guys. I, I actually like, oh, like, unstable internet connection. Here in Move Mountains. Someone must be stepping yeah, on our uh, ethernet cable in the parking lot. All right, let's see. But anyway, yeah, they, they're just basically like, you're spiking your hair at, I don't know. Oh. Should I bring it up? What, what's your name on, uh, is it Agent Kev on TikTok? No, it probably should be, but it's K-Pels. K-Pels, that's uh, unmemorable. That's yeah, well, when I originally made TikTok, I wasn't expecting to really use it. It was just kind of like a, a jackass profile, but now right, it's... I found you here. 8,000 followers, that's pretty good. Working you on went it. viral with one, with one of those videos. I did. Some of them, like... Which, that video is correct. I, The fact that, like, people thought it was bad information, I felt helped it get more views. Like, that got 2.6 million views. Yeah. Yeah, they... they we should have really started with your credentials. But D- didn't we? You asked me how long I've been late. in real estate. Yeah, but kind of some of this stuff would be pretty good. So, um... Yeah, 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 yeah. So should I read some of these comments? Yeah, go ahead. This man has no idea what he's tissues? talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Quite frankly. <laughs> Very bad info. Mm. You, res- you did a good job responding to these. Rave reviews. Keep spiking your hair, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the best oh, one. Dude, that fucking guy, I loved it. Mostly incorrect. Leave the financing advice to a lender. <laughs> These are funny. Although, you know what was interesting? I, I got a lot of hate on it at first. And then the people that actually realized what I was talking about, I felt they started coming in later. And then they started fighting with each other in the comments. It was hilarious. 
just kept I'm blowing sure, yeah, it up. Yeah, it helps it. Yeah, I like didn't even have to like I was responding to them at first, and then I mean it just became so many. I made a thread though. I had I had an idea. I pitched it. I'm not sure if you went with it, um, but I was like, you should just actually put out something that's intentionally wrong to see oh, yeah. <laughs> to see how I, oh yeah how it does they, oh something yeah. just crazy. I, I actually thought about that, like just like releasing misinformation. <laughs> That's the same, yeah, same releasing thing. like like a satire obviously right. like releasing misinformation in like a, like a professional way um <laughs> like use one fha loan then use another one right after don't do that wait a year you gotta live there um i love how you actually like talk to the person yeah and like let them know i'm talking to you um yeah no yeah i, I thought about that like kind of doing that but, you know, I, I was like, <laughs> the thing is, if I wasn't, you know, it, it, the problem with that is I could get in trouble with like some fair housing stuff. Because believe it or oh, not, okay, I yeah, am yeah. still a professional. I, I am right. a realtor. I, so there's like, you know, there's lines I got to walk a little bit. You know, I, I don't want to like, you know, if I wasn't a realtor and I just wanted to go like full like comedy mode, that would right. be fantastic. It would be hilarious. So but. you could actually get like kicked off. Like I, yeah, I could get, you know, I might get into some trouble or I, you know, it, it, it's, it's a possibility. You yeah. Know? So. All right. Yeah. Don't take that advice. <laughs> but it, it is funny. It is funny. What we'll get is a TikTok following if you can't make a living. Unless you make a living from the TikTok following. That's a thought. That is a thought. I know. I do. I do like making those like goofy videos. Have you, I, have you been keeping up with it? Well, like on the a TikToks? consistent. Um. Not really, not as much as I should. Um, you know, I've gotten better, but definitely not as much as I should. See, I, see, I'm not, the thing is, I, I, I'm still kind of, like, to me, it's more of a hobby. You know, I'm not as consistent with that um, as I probably should be. But, you know, I, I write ideas down in my phone, and yeah, we'll get to it. So, what's next uh, for Agent Cap? Like, what are some of your goals here? Well, at the moment, 25 doors by September. 25 doors by this September? This September. How many are at right now? 17. Okay, okay. Doors, yeah, not, so not, 20, not plus 25. Okay. A total of so 25. That's achievable. I mean, you could do like another seven unit. Yeah. That's yep. pretty good. It's, yeah, so that's, that's what I'm aiming for short term. What do you aim like how much cash flow per door? Like what's your... I, I figure like... I mean, it depends on the it depends on the property too, you know. If mm -hmm. there's more doors in one property, but like on average, so like, what would you say? Is it three hundred? Uh, I'd say like three hundred. If I had to just like kind of ballpark a number, like three hundred, yeah. yeah. And some are obviously a little bit higher, some are a yeah. little bit lower, right? Yeah, like three hundred minimum. Three hundred minimum. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of like real estate right now? Because I think you know it's so like the prices are so astronomical. Right. Um, do you think Rhode Island's still a good buying place or? Do you recommend like other locations like out west or something like that, Midwest? See, the thing is for me, it, it depends less on the real estate and more on the person buying it, right? So one, like one metric we'll talk about, age, mm -hmm. okay? If you're younger, if you're in your 20s, you have a much longer timeline than someone who's like say 60, right? So- there's an old adage in real estate. You don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. And the reason is because 
over the long term, you can expect it to compound about three and a half percent per year. Like if you look at real estate through all the crashes since like they started recording at like 1900 on average. I mean, obviously this last year has been crazy. It's like, you know, up 18%. That's not normal. Don't expect that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you have time for it to mature and for it to, you know, cause in 20 years, you're like, there's no doubt in my mind you'll be up on it. So, Excuse me. With it going up 18%, like, is it just, it makes sense, right, that it's going to come down a little bit before it starts going up again? Uh, I mean, it's hard to say when. I mean, if you could have asked me that same question a year or two ago or a year, year and a half ago, and I would have said, yeah, right? But, I mean, I think at some point, it's hard to say. I left my crystal ball at home, but... It's it's hard to say because um, it, it, there's so many factors that are involved. And it's not like ten, everyone's like, ah, 10 years ago it crashed. It, the reason it crashed 10 years ago was because it was predatory lending. It's a completely different reason why the market is where it's at. And the thing is, it's most people, they have fixed rate mortgages. They know where they're at monthly. So even if the market goes down, the, the, if there was going to be a market crash, right? Any market crash, there has to be a mass sell-off and a forced sell-off. So like, for instance, 10 years ago, you know, they were getting these uh, um, adjustable rate mortgages for like, oh, 2%, but then, you know, the rate goes up to market value in a year or so, right? And what happened was there was a mass exodus of that happening at once. And that, you know, that jumps your monthly payment up, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, depending on how much you spent on your property. And, you know, it blew, and if you can't So these were variable rates they were given out. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, and then it, it now blew, to me it blew you it up. hear variable rate. Yeah, I feel like that would be a red flag. I wouldn't take a variable rate. Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, but they did. They still offer them. I actually I have one on one of my properties. But really? you got to know what you're doing. Yeah, it's well, it's an arm, so it's 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 fixed for um, fixed for every three. It's a three year arm, fixed for every three years. So in three years, well now it's less, but every three years it it goes to market. But that's a different, you know, I don't, I would never recommend that for anybody. That's for the condo. So it's a different kind of investment. Okay. Yeah. I have very, I have very variable pricing. So I was comfortable taking on that risk with the variable rate. Typical rental. This is a, in Florida, this is a vacation condo. So like it's a hotel pretty much. So like rates can change by the day. So, um, and there's a, you know, but I would never recommend that for, <clears throat> for other people like in your typical investment. Um, I got one more, uh, one more question and then we're going to just cut on the cameras. Um, and, uh, I got to re re up the cameras, but with inventory being so low, um, do you feel like some of these innovations that are happening, like you hear a boxable, um, boxable is like basically $50,000. It's like these, build uh i think they build them in like a warehouse and they ship them out to you oh, those are the mini homes they're like these mini homes that like Home they Depot unfold those, in right? a couple hours yeah um then you have like coda homes uh, another kind of cool brand i think that's like a european brand but they have like very modern um but they're small they're those are like tiny like little boxes yeah and then you got um another one was a kudo um and i think there was a i think there was another one but then you hear of like 3D printing home. Like, do you, how Crazy. do you feel like we're going to be moving into any of that type of stuff with in inventory being so low and like, you know, Airbnb kind of being 
uh, quite the thing. I mean, I'm sure there's a market for it. I, I don't, I can't see a family growing up in something like that. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong, but I mean, for, I, I think it could be, a, I think it very well could be a market for kind of like, even like millennials or like people who don't have. What I struggle with is just like the idea of um, spending a half million dollars on a, on a home that's 150 years old, you know, and falling apart. But you're not spending half a million. What are you spending? Hundred thousand. How do you figure? Well, you're only putting twenty percent down. The bank puts up the rest. Well, eventually you're, pay- you're paying that off, though. Well, you're it depends. It depends how you do it. I mean, if it's your if it's your own home, sure, right. But you know, if it's an investment property, or if you move out and you rent it out, um, you're not. But I mean, when you say a hundred fifty year old home for five hundred grand, I mean. You know, that's that's not really realistic. I mean, it depends. I mean, unless it's unless it's a big home, it's you know a huge. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at three families on like the west side, and you know you're you're at five six hundred. Yeah, three families. Yeah, hundreds home. Yeah, I mean that's that's the market. You know, that's the market if they've been well maintained. I mean, right? The numbers have to make sense. You know, the numbers have to make sense with the rents and prices are high. I mean, you know, don't kid yourself, like. Prices are high. If anybody's right. like, oh, well, you know, like, no, they are. Um, will they go higher? Uh, I mean, long term, I would say yes. Like, I'm still buying real estate. You know, I just got, you know, everyone's like, oh, the market, you can't find deal, you know, whatever. You know, I just bought two in the last four months and then one even in last February, not last fe- last year of February. So, like, but again, I, I can also tolerate a lot of risk because I'm young in my 20s. I, I feel like a lot of people in their 20s, are too risk adverse. Mm. It's like they're afraid to lose. I'm like, especially when you're going like FHA, right? You're putting down three and a half percent. What do you have to lose? Right. Like even if you walked away from the house, like I don't recommend you ever do that, but like unless you willingly really walked away from the house, you don't really lose. Like with a, you know, $300,000 house, say, or 400,000 today, whatever, you're putting down, you know, 10, 15 grand. I mean, your money's not, it's not like a stock. It's not going to hit zero. I mean, even if your house gets nuked, well, maybe not nuked, but like, you know, if it blows up, you know, your insurance covers it. Like there's not really a scenario unless you, I'm not that there's not work involved, you know, there can be work involved, but there's not really a scenario where you get completely screwed. And all you're putting up is, you know, I'm not trying to say it's like not a lot of money, but you know, you're controlling a three, $400,000 asset for just 15 grand. And if you do the math, right, it goes up three and a half percent. Cause I still believe that like long-term three and a half percent long-term. I mean, we'll just say 300,000. Um, you know, that's like, you know, around nine grand a year, right? So if you put down 10 grand, let's just, we'll just say 300,000, you put down about 10 grand to, to purchase it. And it goes up 90, yeah, 90, it goes up 9,000 in your first year. Like you may, that's a killer return. And if it's a multifamily, you're not even the one covering the payments. That's never mind any cash flow, any tax benefits. People don't realize the true return of real estate. They just look sometimes just right at the cash flow and then just like, right. oh, it's not a lot of cash flow. It's like, yeah, I mean, the market's very high. So like that play, I mean, that's what's been used in the beginning of the decade is the heavy cash flow. But like now it's not as much. It still can be out there, but you, you kind of sacrifice cash flow It's a much in the more long-term term investment. Yeah, and rental appreciation. Don't forget, rents go up over time. Like, there's so many, there's so many ways, and your debt goes down, like, and your payment stays fixed, assuming you get a fixed rate. So it's like, if you can wait it out, especially in your 20s, like, who gives a shit about uh, passive income? I mean, passive income's great, but 
you shouldn't be relying on passive income in your 20s. You shouldn't be relying on it. I'm not saying you shouldn't be building it, you know, getting it prepared for when you're ready to start kind of relaxing. Um, but it, you need to get in the game. And, then, and the irony is it's like everyone waiting for the market to crash, right? Like say people who haven't bought their first property and they're waiting for the market to crash. You think you're going to get the opportunities? Like someone who, who doesn't, who's not in the game, who doesn't know what they're doing. Because even if you get in, like you get in, you start, you know, you, you start realizing what the, you know, you start learning about like real estate. You start learning what the problems are. People who stay on the sidelines, you're not learning about the game and you're not building relationships. The biggest, the biggest jump for someone wanting to be an investor, it's not your, you know, your fifth to sixth property. It's your none to first. It's your first property because then you are officially an investor and you officially start learning the game and you actually understand, start to understand what you're talking about in terms of like, you know, what can go wrong, renovations, tenants, all that good stuff. And it makes it easier. The first one's the hardest and then it only gets easier. You start building more relationships. People start trusting you more. And when people start trusting you more, you start getting more access to more resources and it just, it snowballs. So like for me, the way I look at it, like in my position, you know, I'm, you know, I, I have five properties. I'm not, you know, I'm not taking over Rhode Island by any means right now. You know what I mean? But like, I have a modest portfolio. I, I could care, like the market could keep going up. The market can come down. I'm not afraid either way. You know, if the market, you know, I, I just keep trying to look for good deals, no matter what that looks like. You know, if the market goes down, my mortgage rates are fixed. I just don't sell. They're fixed. I don't sell. And the rents don't change. Again, as long as the rents don't go down, which historically they haven't, and I don't expect them to, um, I'm good. You know, I'm, I just keep doing what I'm doing. I keep looking for deals. That's it. Yeah. So you're fairly insulated, um, because of the data that you have. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to go about, you know, it's pretty safe. Yeah. And I think data is definitely like such a crucial part of any business, you know, yes. when you can look at the data and make projections and, it also like is, is calming at times, right? You know, you're having, uh, I mean, our business, right? When things are a little bit down, we look at past data. Hey, right. is, is April notoriously low month? Is, you know, May a notoriously low month right. for leads? Whatever it is. So it really helps you make decisions. And I think kind of with any investment, you know, that's um, it's important looking at the data. Okay. All right. Well, welcome back. Uh, we're here still with Agent Kev. Yes, sir. Uh, Rhode Island's. Really good real estate agent. <laughs> really, and, Rhode Island's uh, bad boy. We might crack open uh, number two pretty soon. It's getting a little crazy. It's getting a little crazy in here, but uh, we want to start off and kind of cover relationships in business and how relationships affect business, and I mean personal relationships. So uh, I'm going to give uh, Kevin the, the floor here, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, maybe uh, jump right in. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, it, 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 I think for the most part, um, again, if it's something you really love and it's something you want to do, I think it, it positively affects them in a lot of way, mm. in a lot of ways, you know, at first, you know, it takes away a lot of your time, but once it gets going, I feel like you get a lot of that time back. Um, once you, you know, establish systems, that kind of thing. But I mean, what are you talking about? I don't know. What I'm talking <laughs> about. 
<laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about like spending time with like you know say like a significant other right okay. like yeah. you know if you're like in a you know if you're working you know a nine to five or or more than that you know it's a lot of time spent away from your your spouse right but well one hardship that I kind of realized when you're when you're um, self-employed right is in you're in a relationship you um, the partner can sometimes think like you're kind of available all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't have to keep normal office hours. So it's like to not be, you know, spending time, you know, could be like, but you have to block off those hours where it's like, Hey, these are work hours. Like, you know, I got to kind of respect these boundaries. Um, cause, and that can happen with like, you know, anything you kind of got to be disciplined too and kind of set up those boundaries. Yeah, that I mean, that's something I've definitely struggled with um, because sometimes, I mean, I, I haven't gotten to the point where everything's very automated. Like, I'm still pretty much a one-man show for the most part. I mean, aside from, you know, hiring, like, contractors, that kind of thing. Like, in terms of, like, business, like, I'm my own manager, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, especially starting out, like, you kind of, you can get pulled in many different directions and at random times. And I mean, that can be a point of tension, you know, or contention with, uh, you know, a partner, right? Like you're supposed to have like a dinner planned all of a sudden, you know, a pipe bursts or Mm. whatever, or like just something happens. Um, I mean, you know, again, once you become more established, it's easier to, you know, it's more just a phone call rather than you going there. Um, but you know, it, it, it can, it, you have to have somebody who understands what you do, understand that you don't punch a clock and therefore you, not you're only on that, call. like you work more hours typically when you're, you know, self-employed where, yeah. you know, I remember being especially at the in studio the in the beginning, especially midnight, one o'clock in the morning, a lot of nights, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of right. grinding, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, it's, that's the thing. Once you start getting systems, it's like you, you buy back your time. Like it becomes a game of time. And that's kind of like an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. um, between, you know, kind of like, you know, employees versus like kind of like the employers. Right. You you learn to buy back your time. Time is more important than money. You ha- you can make infinite amounts of money. Right. If you, don't you only time. have a finite amount of time. Right. That's true. So the more systems you have, you want to streamline your, your, your streams of income. And I think in doing so, it really benefits all, you know, per any personal relationship you have. Like, it's nice. It's nice. To, like, I, I've kind of just gotten to the point where, like, now I, I do have, like, kind of a lot of time. I mean, depending on how you look at it, I do, I do have a lot of, like, free time, more or less. So it's nice to be available. Or it's easy for me to move things around if I have to. It's funny. It's like the, like the ebbs and flows. Like, I remember in the, in the beginning days, it was like I didn't have any any time. Every oh, yeah. hour was devoted to the business, right? From like the moment I got up to right. you know the moment I went to bed, um, thinking about it when I wasn't at the office, you know whatever it was. And then as you start to bring in people, right, and people start to you just take your time and you kind of devote it to other things, right? You know, but I have found that maybe this is a little bit off topic, but I have found that. The more people you have, the more slowly things move. Interesting. It slowly in, in terms of what? It just moves uh, 
or at least it feels more slowly because when you're a one man operation, you're doing everything. So your, your results are directly related to your efforts, efforts, right? But now you're dependent, you delegated responsibility. So now those are actually dependent on the efforts of others and how quickly they move. And I don't think anyone's ever really going to move as quickly as you, you know? Um, and also as like you scale, like things just kind of move, I think right. a little bit more slowly. I could be wrong. No, I mean, it's a good point. You know, I haven't, you know, I'm, I haven't personally got there yet. I'm just starting to now where I'm, I'm starting to look for more hands on deck to help. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Like if you think like say, you know, as a metaphor in terms of boats, right? Mm-hmm. How easy is it to turn a little speed boat versus a, right, a ship? Right. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, like we added this podcast recently and you know, it's not just uh, as easily as like, all right, we're just going to bootstrap and throw it together. It's like, you got a bunch of people, you got systems, everyone has right. to like adhere to the systems, the importing, the exporting, it's all going to go through a process as like a chain of command. And you know, it's, it's not, it's not as simple as it once was. Yeah. Well, and I feel like too, it, it, it becomes interesting. It like, it goes from kind of like, uh, um, vertical movement where like you're doing every task like every task like happens in order to tasks happening at the same time so like maybe they're moving right. a little slower right but they're happening together right so everything's kind of yeah it creates more productivity so um yeah so I, I believe that but back to uh relationships and uh, i don't know how personally you want to get but <laughs> You know, a lot of these viewers, <laughs> they want to know. They want to know. They want to know. Um, <laughs> we need the inside scoop. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think relationships, um, I think I think it can be very challenging uh, for a self-employed individual because, you know, you it's not just about you. Right. you got to kind of, like, give your time, give of yourself, um, which is nice about being young and single. And, and ha- it's like, you know, if you want to work. 15 hours a day you can do that you know right um it's only your mouth you gotta well assuming you don't have kids right it's only your mouth you gotta feed right i mean you can be single and have kids well that's why i said assuming you don't have kids (laughs) (laughs) what are you saying (laughs) i don't know exactly what i (laughs) to hell with all the single moms no i'm just kidding (laughs) Uh, you said a few things that I think we're going to have to cut out. Oh, come on, Shawnee. People come back eight that. years later and they'll be like, I found this episode. Oh, stop it. You know, cancel culture is real and yeah, uh, they'll, right. they'll come for you. Good. Bring them on. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I think uh, I think it can really, uh, some relationships can really take away. I think some could probably like support the vision. It really depends, kinda, right. Depending on what their It depends is. on their personality. You know, I, I, I think, you know, it, it depends on the other person's level because it, like their level of uncertainty, like it's almost like how much can they handle? Right. That's, uh, that's actually a really good point. I like mean, it's, it's probably not more if you're, um, that's probably more if you're married. You know, what's there? Well, married or, or even like if you're living with the person. I mean, it's just your, it's right. I mean, it matters definitely more when you're married, you know, but, um, but even like if you're, you know, in a relationship, you're living together, you start. Yeah, it's you like, know, a, like I gambled away our savings on uh, some Tesla stock. Some friggin' Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, I found my per. I mean, that's kind of why I do what I do because I, I want to be there for you know, my family in the future. So you know, my mom bought Dogecoin. 
How'd you make out? She did not do well. <laughs> she rode the doge at the wrong time. I was time. in the group chat, the songs group chat with like you and Brett and all those guys. You know, you... Can, can I, I, can I disclose how much you... Yeah, was right, it 30,000? Yeah, it was 30,000. 30, 30,000 on Dogecoin. If you left it, you almost had to leave it. You couldn't get it stuck. out. <laughs> yeah, the, the trading volume wasn't there. Sean's like, I've put 30,000 in. <laughs> We're like throwing in like, what are we throwing like a few hundred here and there? Sean's like, 30 grand. <laughs> Sean's like, I love that golden dog. <laughs> that golden Sheba. What kind of dog is that? <laughs> I want one. Walking in with a doge. Oh, that was, that was actually, that was, I was pacing around my Sean, apartment. I, I, I have to say, Sean. I was, what? One thing I really love about you is the way you handle shitty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have some the, kind of resilience <laughs> for it. <laughs> Wait, can, could I, can I disclose the other thing or no? Is it, is it, uh, is it I, too I much? I am under some kind of NDA. But oh, what is, is it? The, what is the other thing? If well, if I don't, men, I won't mention an amount. It's with the, um, you know, trading the stocks. Yeah. Can I? Yeah, I, I get. Uh, I don't know. I what if I, I leave some kind of under uh, some kind of? I'll, I'll leave. I'll leave like key info out. Or. Yeah. Well, we'll have to. Yeah, you could say it, and we'll have to really be careful about this episode. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I won't. Yeah, I won't. No name dropping or any like or figure amounts or you. Nobody knows what we're talking about. Because you know, maybe it happened a few times. Before you go there, let's talk about this Dogecoin. <laughs> Sounds like sharp left. Let's get off this road. Let's talk about the Dogecoin. So we're in this group chat where we're, I think I got, I don't know if it was on one of your recommendations getting Dogecoin. I think it was at like 17 cents. <laughs> like 17, you know. <laughs> and it went up to, uh, I think it wrote, I wrote it all. I think I put a couple thousand and I wrote it all the way up to like 80 cents. Yeah. 86 I mean, cents. The, the Doge was just a friggin' crapshoot. I, I mean, was talking to my dad. And I was like, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I know, dude. I, I was like running around my friggin' house with little beefy Brett. Shout out beef tits. But then, uh, yeah, but then I, I got too aggressive. Like the. And I couldn't get out. You couldn't get out. I couldn't get Sometimes out. I was trying to sell that. In, I, couldn't, I could not get out. Sean was like, please, somebody buy 30 grand worth of Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> I need to what, a, what a surprise. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> yeah, it started going down. Everyone jumped ship. Uh, well, I think I had. You, no if you left that, I think you were, when that was happening, it was like trading at like four cents. That was, it was like, yeah. it was bouncing between like four, I think was oh, the highest. Oh, that's right. Oh, don't even try to do the Dogecoin math. It'll drive you nuts. Because we were kind of early on that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, well, it was the first ride up. You know who was really early? But it did come back down before it went went up. Yeah, right. It, it, I would have really it had, had to ride like out a, those losses. Right. You'd have to ride out the losses. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, you would have been. I would have had hundreds of thousands, though. Well, you would have you would have 10x'd your money. Yeah. So three 300 at 40, oh. 40 cents. I think it went all the way up to like 70, 80. So you probably, let, let's just say 80. Sean Brown had the opportunity to turn a 30 grand into 600 grand that's crazy if only you were a gambling man sean if only i need to go upstairs but you know what's funny about that though just a little side piece about the doge if you invest that way and this isn't investing advice you know I'm, I'm not a financial whatever but like i find like if you invest that way like that like yeah you might win. You might be the lucky guy that bought a shit ton of GameStop and, you know, became a millionaire or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. But if you invest like that on a regular basis, it's not going to last long. You're going to lose it. If if you're just if you, if it's just a crapshoot and you're just riding random waves without any like real forethought, other than like, ooh, look at it go up. Yeah, chasing uh, stocks I learned the hard way is uh, not the way to go. I think I had twenty dollars in Dogecoin in like July of 2020, and for some reason, like I just bought it, um, and that would have been worth I think like hundreds of thousands. Just that twenty dollar investment if I had left it in there, but I. It didn't make sense to sell $20 worth of Dogecoin, right? But I did. And it was just because I sold off my entire portfolio. I just wanted to cash out. And that was just one of the stocks in the Robinhood account that I was just like, yeah. yeah. Doing stuff. But it's $20. I should have just left it in. Well, you know, could have, would have, should have. I mean, honestly, Dogecoin, oh, Dogecoin, shoot. Yeah, it's, if you're chasing, chasing shit like Dogecoin, you're not going to last long anyway. You know, it's just, it is what it is. Like, yeah, you could have left it, but like, what were the, what were the real odds of that happening? They're very, very slim. Yeah. I so know. I know all well, hindsight's always 2020. We all, right. we all don't need glasses when we're looking back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so where'd you get these age old sayings? <laughs> Who gave you these? I actually just came up with that. Well, not the, you had the crystal whatever. ball one. You had a, yeah, some other ones. Yeah, I live, I live by metaphors. I, I read the internet, you know. The internet wouldn't lie to like me. like a box of metaphors. You're a I box of every, atoms. I love metaphors. Is it atoms? No. What's atoms? <laughs> it's yeah, uh, the, the smallest cell form. <laughs> no, like sayings. What, what, what is it? What's the word for sayings like that? Metaphors? No. Quotes? No. Analogies? No. All right, Sean, I don't think. There is a I word. Think it starts with an A. Analogies. <laughs> <laughs> Ad libs. No. Anonyms. Nope. I don't even know those are words. Is it idioms? Why am I having such a dude? They're just quotes. Right, we'll just call them quotes. Metaphors, quotes. They're all like no. age-old sayings. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it starts with an A. <laughs> no, no. Age-old. <laughs> <laughs> That's the definition of the yeah. word I'm thinking well, of. Well, I feel like, you know, it, I love those things because they're easy to remember and they illustrate they illustrate good messages to live by. Yeah. Most of them. They're like proverbs. Proverbs. All right. Lord, baby, Lord. A stitch in time saves nine. A stitch in time. I've never heard that one. You've never heard that? No. It's basically, I think it's just like talking about like just being diligent, I think, and like upkeep. One is too many. Ten, ten is not, not enough. enough. <laughs> That's all for you. recovering alcoholics. <laughs> That's true, though. Yeah, it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Once you start boozing, it's tough to turn back. Let's talk about booze and let's talk about... Um, let's talk about booze. You know, in any type of like, you know, with uh, with be, be, being an entrepreneur, um, you know, I've always kind of stayed away from those things like and been really focused um do you feel like those kind of things can like affect someone's success absolutely yeah yeah and 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 i love it you know i mean honestly i love partying i love you know i i love that high energy um but there is a a social guy yeah you know right i mean it it, it's you know it's one of those things it's like everything in life you know there's balance and moderation Mm. um you know, you only do a little bit of heroin. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do heroin. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What kind of podcast? Edit is this it? out. No. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, like when it comes to that stuff, I mean, you definitely got to be careful. And that's kind of one of the dangers of having a lot of free time. 
Free Hands or The Devil's Workshop. See, you have all these sayings. Oh, <laughs> yeah, another, but here comes another saying. <laughs> yeah, but that it, it's true though because it, you know that that it's kind of a good it, it, that's kind of the danger of being an entrepreneur. Like once you start like getting established and you have started buying your time back, is you know everyone knows you're around. You, you know time. what I mean? And you have well, time. They know. I actually you can think make that's time. a very difficult part about being having your own time is right. y- there's so few. Are you playing music? There's some salsa music going on in the background there. It's beautiful. I like it. Reggaetone. <laughs> Reggaetone. But yeah, it's uh, everybody has jobs, you know, and everybody has um, budgets and like it's hard to, um, you know, uh, it's, it's what's nice about, you know, uh, you know, hanging out with you. It's like, hey, want to get brunch? Kev's around. Kev's around. Yeah. Hey, you want to hit the gym middle of the day? You know? Right, right. Um, 10 o'clock at night. Hey, you know, want to go to BJ's Tavern? You know, (laughs) get some bazookies. Get some bazookies, man. Shout out to BJ's Tavern. Yep. Um, Monkey bread. It's crazy. Fire. (laughs) Bro. Bro. (laughs) Walking into cellos. Salads. This lettuce is about as fresh as the one. <laughs> oh my god! Shout Sean out to Charles. Shout out to Sean Brown. I got some good Shawnee Brown co- quotes. <clears throat> oh, you came up with a lot on that trip, I'm sure. But yeah, um, but yeah, no, it's definitely a danger of you. You become more. You have to become more responsible with your time, and uh, unfortunately, that does happen a lot. You know, like once you start seeing some level of success, and you start having more time and more money. Because that's also a byproduct. It's kind of a formula. You could go off the rails with it. Right. And I've, you know, I've definitely experienced that to some level, um, you know, goofing off for a little too long. And then you got to kind of figure it out. But, um, yeah, it's good. You, you want to achieve a balance. I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. Um, but you just want to be aware. Well, that's part, like, that's part of it. It's like you work so hard and you think you're working so hard so that you can, like, live this... Um, you know, more like exuberant life or like this more, um, luxurious <coughs> life. And for me, I mean, I almost prefer just like working. I just like working, you know? So it's like when I go on vacation, I'm usually like, I feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah. I, I kind of, I see, I, my attitude is my work doesn't even feel like work. Yeah. It's a little so, bit different. Yeah. To me, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, to me, well, I'm just... You're not yeah. trying to scale quality, you know? Like, you're looking for the dumps. You know, you're looking... Uh, well, that... Yeah, but it, you gotta... It still takes a lot of... I shouldn't say it doesn't feel like work. Because it, it does suck. Look, Because, like, people... You what know, about your day sucks? When you're looking for deals, you're putting out offers and just getting shot down. Like, okay. especially in this market, it's, it is very hard. I mean, I've gotten like, people are like, whoa, how do you get the deal? But it's like for every deal, every offer I get accepted, I have like a hundred offers that get shot down and mm-hmm. it sucks, you know? Um, but when you do hit that one, right. it more than pays for everything else. So, you know, it kind of sucks. Cause I mean, it's not like you're getting paid for that time, you know? That's funny because like, you know, not you directly. and I are pretty close, but like, I don't have even that close of a view into your life where, you know, I, I don't, I don't actually don't see the work that you do. Yeah. You know, um, maybe you feel that way about me. Maybe you don't see the work that I do. 
Um, yeah. You hear I, about I, it a little bit, but I don't really hear about like, you know, you put in a hundred offers and, you know. Yeah. Well, I, I hear about the one that went through. Right. Well, that's, yeah. I right. mean, right. And um, yeah, because I mean, the, you know, the other offer, it's like, you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't get the deal. I just put an offer. Like, it's not fun to talk about. You know what I mean? But um, I yeah. I got rejected. <laughs> I got freaking rejected again. <laughs> they thought I was an idiot. Yeah, I, that's that's the thing. It's like it's it's kind of like the nuances of um, you know it's this new it's that's my job. Like when people are like, what what's your job? What do you do? Getting I look for rejected. deals. Oh, okay. I get well I get, <laughs> getting rejected. <laughs> that too, I guess. Yeah, I mean I, I look for deals. I mean whether it's for me, whether it's for a client, I look for deals. That's it. I try to make deals happen, and that's. That's all I do. And that, you know, and that's not, you know, what's nice about that, you can do that from anywhere. My thing is I, I want to be able to work from anywhere in the world, hmm. preferably Miami. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, I think that's where you and I differ because it's like, um, I think our lifestyles are so different where it's like, I kind of like being here, figuring out all the problems, you know? Right. Kind of, kind of coming up with the systems. Um, keeps my brain working. Uh, maybe I take a vacation or whatnot, but I'm not too big into that, into that stuff. But to each his own. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to be doing something. Like I get, I couldn't, I couldn't live my life like retired. Like if I'm right. not working on something, like I, and I've been through these bouts where I haven't gotten a deal and I'm depressed as hell. Mm. Like you know, now I'm working on you know the the one I just got like. Something has to always be moving. If something's not moving forward, right? You know, like I, I like to have fun, but I like to earn that fun. I don't like to just do it for the sake of doing it because then it's not fun. Like if I'm out having a good time and I know like my life's falling apart, it's like not it's not, yeah, it sucks. Yeah. Like I won't go out. There's times where I won't go out, like especially in the beginning. I mean, it's getting a little easier now because I, you know, I'm getting better deals and you know, that kind of thing and more resources. So it's, you know, I'm streamlining stuff more, but like, you know, when stuff has to get done, I'll, I'll sacrifice everything to get it done. You know, my thing is it's like, I, I could never last on like a pinwheel. And I don't mean that in like a derogatory way, but like doing the same kind of, I shouldn't say like the same kind of, I mean, cause I do kind of do the same kind of work, but like, I don't know, like I'm building something. If I'm not building something, like I'm doing the same kind of work, but it's like growing my portfolio. You know mm. what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's growing something. Like I like my work to last like forever. Yeah. You want to feel like you're moving Like it's forward. compounding. I, yeah. I need, it needs to be compounding forward. Like I couldn't right. just be living like paycheck to paycheck or like, you know, close to that. Like just, you know, I get a little bit of money and you know, just kind of like money comes in, money goes out and like not having anything to show for it. You know, like the way I look at it is like even my part-time jobs from back in the day, cause I invested a lot of the money then it's still working for me now, you know? So I feel like none of the time has been truly wasted, you know? Oh, geez. You invested a lot of the money. What, what money? Where'd you invest it? Oh, Shawnee Brown. Where, where is this money? <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell is the money? What's the account? So, well, in the beginning. Uh, so, like, uh, with, like, Robinhood, just in stocks, like, mm. I would be putting money into, uh, into, into Robinhood from, like, when I was waiting tables and working security. Um, you know, I would just, I would dump a lot of my money, especially because I was living at home. I was just dumping a lot of money into the, uh, into that account. And it's still there. Still working. I never sell. Never. Must right, be pretty yet. good if we went through the pandemic. 
Oh yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean it's it's right. You just it's just. I mean I treat stocks the same way I treat real estate. Like I want to own as much. As, the game it's a game of control. I want to control as much as I can, and then just let the markets take care of it. That's kind of how I look at it. Mm. And you know, again, I'm young, so I'm not looking to cash out anytime soon. I'm still working, and um, you know, I'm just letting it compound, and and I just keep throwing more more uh, more onto it. It's almost like, yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot recently, and I wish I knew more about finances in that regard because it's like, um, you know, what do you do with money that you're not using? Like it should be. It should be working for use. you. Yeah, it, it, to me it's a game of quantity, right, when it comes to real estate, controlling more properties. Mm-hmm. Even if they're not, you know, even if they're just like, you know, singles, doubles, like they may not all be home runs, but you're controlling more, and if the deal makes sense, own it. See if you can own it, right? The same thing with stocks, controlling more shares. I want to have as many shares as possible of, of stocks that I believe in. Um, and even if, you know, up, down, sideways, I mean, the market's down now, I'm not breaking a sweat. I don't even care. Uh, I'll buy more. You know what I mean? Because I, I just, I firmly believe, the, my outlook on all of it is I firmly believe, it, like, I believe in America, right? So if I believe in America, that means real estate and the stock market are going to continue moving forward. You know, maybe not all the time, but overall they're going to have a, 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 an upwards trajectory. And if I'm wrong, let's say I'm wrong in America, you know, we get overtaken some kind of disaster scenario. No one's going to care anyway. Yeah. There's the, there's the disaster <laughs> scenario, but there's also like, um, you know, the great reset scenario. Great. I'll be if if that happens, you could strip me of every property I own. Mm-hmm. I won't regret a single thing because I'll have more knowledge to reacquire all of that and more. Well, the great reset is like I mean I don't know if you know about that, but that's like more like uh, that's more. Uh, it's not even a conspiracy theory, but it's like uh, all the resources get allocated, right? Yeah, in a way, yeah, they kind of just take all personal assets. Who from you? Uh, the economic. This is through the economic forum. So this is like uh, Charles Schwab. Um, okay. No, Klaus Schwab, I think his name is. And uh, basically, like, it's a whole saying, like, by the year 2030, you'll own nothing and be happy. Okay. But then, you know, you'll all Somebody own has to own, own it. Yeah, the government. What is it, communism? <laughs> <laughs> it's called communism, Sean. Yeah. I mean, They're I don't know. They're just reframing it in a very I, positive Even way. if that's, even if that, yeah, even if that's the case, like, okay, then you strip them all from me. Like, like to me, it's all an odds game, right? Mm-hmm. What are the odds of that happening? Probably pretty slim. And even if that does happen, like... We're all in the same boat. We're all in the same boat anyway. Yeah. So I'd rather increase my odds of prosperity in the most likelihood scenario than just being like, well, you know, the government's going to probably take it all. Any- we're going to get nuked. We're going right, to, right, right, you know, right, right. the making the frogs gay, you know, like, <laughs> like I, Who I said that. <laughs> huh? <laughs> what is that? Alex Jones. You never heard of that? <laughs> no. They're like, they're making the frogs gay. <laughs> he was actually right, which is kind of crazy. Oh, uh, wait, go into that. What is that? I, <laughs> it was like a uh, scientist. Yeah, I don't even remember what it was to be honest. It was like some kind of, I, I don't, even, I couldn't even tell you. It was like some kind of chemical or something that scientists were using, and frogs, male frogs are like licking each other or something. I don't know. Huh? I don't know. It, but it, it turned out whatever or like arm. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It turned out to be true. It turned out to be true. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, 
there's a little hyperbole I'm sure behind it, but, um, but yeah, so I mean, even from like, to me, even like a nihilistic view, I, it's like, what else do you get? Like, I don't know. I always, for me, I always want to like contribute to society somehow. Mm-hmm. And like, why not? Like, I don't know. Even in a nihilistic view, if they're going to take everything or whatever, or everything gets dispersed or we all have to restart, like you're still in a better position. Isn't that what it's about though? It's like, like all of life is just serving. Yeah. You know, you're just like helping other people. Right. You know? in different facets where I feel like with what we do here, um, you know, we're helping people remember like the happiest day of their, their lives. Right. Um, Absolutely. you know, and, and a big goal of mine was to create a place for creatives to be able to do something that they love, you know? And like, so it's like some kind of, everyone is participating in some kind of active service. Right. Uh, right. Whether it they enjoy it or not, you know, some are just like, you know, hate it, but right. Hopefully, um, hopefully you like, what you do. Yeah. And if you don't, you got to change it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it's really about is serving like me, me doing what I do with the properties. Um, you know, it's about really at the end of the day, it's about improving the community around it. Like that gives me joy. It gives me joy. Like to see the, uh, like a dump go from a dump to somebody living in it and making it their home. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not even about when the property's just finished, like being remodeled. It's when I walk in after somebody's like, you know, when I, I walk in after somebody's like in there living there, like, you know, there's like a plan on the table. Like to me, it just gives me like internal joy, like, or seeing like, you know, if you go by it at night and like the lights are on like inside or something, like it's clearly somebody's like in there. Like to me, that gives me a lot of joy. And then also seeing like, you know, you're bringing up the value of this house. It's, you know, it might encourage the neighbors to bring up the value of theirs. And it just, it kind of helps everybody to compound. It's good too. When you get a tenant who like actually cares about the place, you know, they go in, they make it their own. Um, and, and it's true because like whether they're there a year, I mean, I thought it was only going to be here a year, but I've been here like seven years and like, this has been a place that I've lived a good, you know what? Like a fifth of my life. Yeah. Jeez, Sean, you're getting up there. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Can we cut? No. <laughs> it's like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sean's having a midlife crisis. That's why he got the Range Rover. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Yeah, no, but that's that really, and that, that's what it is. And it's, um, I mean, obviously, like, when, when you put together your, you know, passion, fulfillment, and an opportunity to make money, it's it's beautiful that's that's really what it's all about there was like this meme where it was like what i what i like to do what makes money (laughs) (laughs) and then it was like me it was like a venn diagram but like the the third circle of like (laughs) like what i'm actually doing like didn't intersect either one it was like right between them (laughs) what i'm actually doing (laughs) (laughs) oh it's pretty great maybe we could cut to that you want to cut? <laughs> Should we drink the other Red Bull? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get into it. Honestly, dude, my heart's already beating. I know. I can feel a little. <laughs> my blood pressure is definitely. I'm like freaking jerking yeah. around. I had chair. to go to the cardiologist. Here's the downside of business. Um, back in September, I had to go to the cardiologist because I was like, I thought I was going to die. Tell me more. Well... Turns out it was just stress. Interesting. You know? Stress is one of the leading causes of death, you know? I know. Yeah. 
I actually just pulled that statistic out of my keister. Uh, uh, I, I, it sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> everything sounds good here at Move Mountains. No, I, I yeah, but it's I, a lot I, of misinformation going on. In yeah, this podcast. we just like to add to it. This no, is just for fun. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, so I mean but, that, that's that was um, that was kind of scary. Yeah, I mean that sucks. I, which is, it's a little surprising you went through that because looking at you, like I remember you know you complaining about like certain facets of what was going on, your challenges. Yeah. Or not really complaining, but just you know talking about them. Um, I feel like you're very zen about it. You're just like this is this is me <laughs> off season. So on season September October that's when I was going, and uh, yeah, but you I feel like I mean we've gotten lunch then and like you're just always like you're like bro, <laughs> like when your account the Instagram got hacked you're like <laughs> <laughs> like I, it's almost just like ah oh, here's the daily bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Here it comes. Here it comes. Here she comes. Yeah, <laughs> random shit. That's that's what right I'm on time. <laughs> right on cue. I, I, like I honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this wall just collapses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe you develop a, a threshold for these or, or tolerance for these kind of things. You know. Well, you get better at handling them too. I mean, yeah. that, that my life is kind of like well, that. Well, that devastating thing. You know, you brought up that that financial. Um, situation that i kind of went through yeah and uh i mean that was so like you know <laughs> large, large large sum can i i won't say the exact figure but it was it was know, a large sum it was more than five figures can I, five figures no no more than five figures six no it wasn't six figures oh yeah no it was over six figures okay, guy doesn't even freaking remember it all right we'll just leave it at that but it's yeah like this was sean <laughs> I just wanted to talk about the FaceTime when you said how much you lost. So this is, you know, six figures, okay? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> like we're on FaceTime. He's like, yeah. He's like, yeah, I just lost X amount. <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at him like, he's like, yeah, it kind of sucks. <laughs> it's like it took our company three years to make. You know, in the, or in the beginning, whatever. Mm. <laughs> but like most that people could, would have like I literally lost I made their that shit. Comparison though, like that comparison made it harder than it had to be. Like I would compare it with that, and I was just like, <laughs> to, to make it worse, like because those beginning years of like, you know, earning that, like those are the hardest years. Right, and and it only gets easier. Right. So, yeah, I was, I was like, I didn't know what was worse. Like, especially at the time, I was like, the fact that he lost this amount of money or the fact that you lost this amount of money or the fact that you could afford to lose this amount of money. <laughs> yeah, someone had found out. Uh, I don't know who who said it to X person, but it got back to me. And their response was, I hope it wasn't all he had. What a rat bastard. <laughs> Don't cut that out either, Sean. You are a rat bastard. You know who you um, are. <laughs> well, I thought that was uh, interesting. Yeah. But yeah, that was... Um, Good lesson, though. Right? It was crazy because that whole situation kind of came up. We were we were going through the pandemic. Well, we had lost our studio manager. This is like end of 2019. Lost studio manager. 
finished out the season, kind of got through it. Um, 2020 hit, and I kind of was interested in getting involved in the Tesla stock, and so I bought my first stock, and then I was just like kind of caught the bug, and so I put like a large sum of money into the market um, in end of February, and then March the pandemic hit and the market just tanked. So it's like new investor, right? Goes like you get put in a shop, balls to the wall into the market, and like out of the Mm -hmm. gate. And I had read a little bit of one book on investing. <laughs> Sean was ready to stake his whole life savings. And, uh, you know, it was just like, oh, when, when the market goes down, you should buy. And so I just started buying more. And, Catch um, the falling knife. <laughs> and, you know, it's like you said, like I'm, I was a little bit younger, so it made sense, you know. And my dad right. was a little bit older, was like panicking. And he's like selling and, you know, I'm oh, buying. I'm like too. buying Carnival Cruises. And he's like, bro. <laughs> Bro, bro. <laughs> that's the that's the thing that's funny too is like sometimes people are like oh i want to invest like my parents it's like dude your parents are like on a different timeline than you you know yeah like oh, well, that's my dad my dad said he's like he's like you're young he's like you can afford to go through market dips he's like he needs his retirement you know yeah although it probably i mean again hindsight's twenty twenty, but um yeah it's i don't know I just, I believe heavily in the market. Anyway, back to my anyway, yes, long sorry. string of unfortunate events. Yes. So lost like 30% on that investment. And then I don't even know if I'm allowed to repeat this story, to be honest. Wait, anyway, is this, is this? So, oh, and then the pandemic hits, right? So we're like losing a bunch of business and like, yeah. uh, you know, we had 150 weddings booked. We ended up rescheduling a hundred of them. And it was just, it just seemed like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. And um, I found a way to make some quick, quick returns. And I was like, all right, like this could really save the company. And really, yeah, that was was your reasoning behind it. I was like, this could like, I was like, I'd be able to like get out of this, like all the stress that we're going through the pandemic. Like I'd be able to give everybody like raises. I'd like really be able to do like a lot of good with this money. And so I like went in and like within like six months, like lost all that money. And, um, I don't know if it was, it's like you said, I did handle it. I don't know if I was just kind of like went numb or whatever, but like I did handle it with a sense of just like, I was more relieved. Like, cause I was like for a while, I was like really kind of just thinking about it a lot, you know, don't lose twice. <laughs> yeah, that was so good today. Kevin today he said, "Don't lose twice," and what he meant was, if you take an L, right, then don't what feel bad about it. Yeah, so beat one yourself of, up about it. One of my uh, one of my mentors, shout out Mitch Axelrod. He actually, I love that he, guy. he actually, <laughs> he actually was out, the hey one Mitch. That, that said this. Hey Mitch, um, yeah, he 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 made the point like, don't lose twice. So. Like, if something bad happens to you, dwelling on it or thinking about it again. Like, all right, something bad happens to you, you take an L. Right. Okay, you have one L. It is what it is, right? But if you sit there and dwell on it, like, the next day, now you've taken two L's. Right. Dwell on it the next day. You've taken three L's. So, one L you had no, con- like, we'll just say, for the sake of argument, you had no control over, right? right? Or even if you did have control over it. You, already, you have one L, okay? Yep. Those next two, you don't have to take, like dwelling over, it's not going to fix it. Right. 
And like everybody does it. I do it too. But it's it's a good kind of like little mantra. It's good to learn. I think it kind of goes back to like discipline of the mind, you know, yeah. where it's just like, you know, you, you got to you gotta get strong. Like it's all to stay in the here. game. Yeah. Right. Um, because it's like life will hit you like, you know. <laughs> yeah, shit happens. It, like I said, like, I, you know, I just like I could have it was like the pen it was losing uh, a, a good player it was the stocks it was right the pandemic and then this like oh here's my saving grace and it's turn, just like turn, the nail turn. in the coffin and just, um, yeah and it's just like man you can't catch a break sometimes so no. it's like you gotta stay like you can't quit you gotta stay in the game right that's that's what it is and it only gets better and better you know as you train yourself to be that way I'm, it, it it's yeah, it's most of it's mental. It, it you know yeah. most of it's mental, and and the more you learn, and like it's good to have a sense of humor about it. And I think that's something like we share too. Like like for instance, that Costa Rica trip. Everything yeah, nothing's went funnier wrong. than tragedy. <laughs> Honestly, Jesus. <laughs> 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 All right, cut. No. <laughs> nothing's fun. But I mean, I, I hate. I don't know. I have a dark sense of humor, um, and it, I find it more useful. Laughter than is the best medicine. Look at you, Sean. You got your own freaking little... little Adiums. Quote. Is it adiums? Adiums? I think I'm like thinking of the word. Right? It's in my it's starting head. to come to you? Yeah, it's but like I just buffering. call them metaphors, though. Yeah, Quotes. I don't know if they're me- metaphors, but... I think they are. Idioms. Idioms? Idioms. That's what they are. Well, it took 45 minutes for me to think of that word. <laughs> <laughs> All the hamsters I can't believe I have running. a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> a podcast. The number one podcast in Rhode Island. I can't believe I have the number one podcast <laughs> in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> Shawnee Brown. Yeah, so no, it definitely it, it definitely pays to have a good attitude. You know, you got to be able to deal with the bullshit of life cuz it's going to happen no matter what. No matter what position you're in, you know, you want to everything's an odds game. Put all the odds in your favor that you can. I mean, bullshit will still happen, but I think and if you can go through trials with a good attitude, like I just feel like that's like you're going to be blessed. Yeah. You know? Because your attitude is almost everything. Yeah, it is. You uh, know? Right. It doesn't matter. If like you're rich and you have a bad attitude, or you have money in the bank, you have a bad attitude, mm-hmm. like... Not going to be happy. You know? Right. You, you, know? Can have, you can have a crappy job, you know, you could... I, I don't know, but like if you have a good attitude, it's like, bro, like that, that's what makes your day. Right. <clears throat> right. It, it it's you, no matter where you are in life, you need to have a, a a good attitude about it. I mean, it's that's it's gonna make your whole life. It'll make relationships better. It'll make your, you know, finances better, business better. It'll make everything becomes a higher quality, and you start to appreciate things more. You know, the simple things in life. Like you're not chasing because like I feel like when you have a bad attitude too, you're always chasing other people's good attitudes, and like. Their their good attitudes may not be. I don't know if that's that might not be the right way to. I think sometimes it, though you do, like, you uh, chase you, other people's happiness. That's probably what I'm. You need good of. friends, I think, to get get you, uh, help you with your perspective, like keep you, like you you said, like we kind of like laugh through that situation. It's right. helpful, the Costa Rica thing. Um, you know, I had it some friends helps. that like you know, we had some laughs about. About the situation, which I think, I mean, it's still painful. I even think about now. <laughs> like, I'm like reliving like the pandemic and like all those things. And I'm just like, oh man, that was rough. That was Look a rough where you time. are now. 
Yeah, I mean, we're doing like better than ever. Right. You know? Um, so you bounce back, you know? It, it's And you learn, like, and you have those great stories to tell. Well, that's the thing, too. It makes for a good story. It makes for a good podcast. It makes for, it makes for a good number one podcast in Rhode Island. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I've got 10 questions for you. What's your favorite coffee? <laughs> you son of a bitch. What's my favorite coffee? No, no. What's your favorite coffee shop? I'd probably say Brood Awakenings. Not bad. I mean, I'm not a coffee guy, but... You're not a co- coffee connoisseur. Yeah, I don't even yeah. think you drink coffee. No, I don't. No. Unless there's alcohol in it. <laughs> I need a little bit of booze. <laughs> yeah, no. Espresso martinis. I like them. Oh, okay. I, I just... Yeah, no. I'm not a, not a coffee guy. Hmm. I like... Water. What's your favorite um, breakfast or brunch place? There's only one right answer. <laughs> Don't you say it. Don't you say it. Tunde's watching this. Don't you say it. Me, 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 Tunde and Davey share a, uh, share a favorite breakfast. Share a favorite, uh, favorite no, spot. I, I'd probably, uh, it's tough to say, honestly. Um, don't you say? Don't it's say tough it. to say. I, I I don't even I don't know if I have really a favorite one because um, I feel like breakfast is all the friggin' same. I don't know. I mean, I know you're like Nick's on Broadway. Nick's on Broadway, man. I mean, it's good. It's you know, great. It's good. It's the atmosphere. It has good atmosphere. What's your favorite thing to do in Rhode Island? Favorite thing to do in Rhode Island? You mean like my favorite thing to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that you can only do in Rhode Island. <laughs> um, it's Rhode Island's number one podcast. I just, <laughs> just want to give it to the fans a little Rhode bit. Rhode Island's you know? number one pod. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Drink? No, <laughs> no I mean, I, I favorite thing to do. I, I don't know. I mean, I like to work. <laughs> I don't know. That's I like looking that's for good. deals. No, I don't know. I don't. Right. I, I should probably have more hobbies. Honestly, all I do is I look for deals and I hang out with people. That's pretty. Yeah, much you're a sociable guy. That's yeah. I go out. I hang out with people. I look for deals. Uh, you know, I'll I'll play play a little bit of video game. Kind of. One time we tried to play pool. I like pool. Yeah. yeah. I'm. You know. No. Are pool you a beach guy? I like the beach. You know. The irony is though, I don't really go to the beach much here. Hmm. And, like, the beach is great. Can you swim? Yeah. You a good swimmer? I'd say moderately so. Took swimming lessons. Solid. Doggy paddle. There you go. You throw me in the deep blue, I'll, I'll figure out a way back. Who's your uh, favorite comedian? My favorite comedian? I'd probably say Dave Chappelle. Oh, okay, yeah. Big Dave He's Chappelle. He's great. Guy. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I enjoy his shit quite a bit. Yeah. He's, no, he's nonsensical. It's no nonsense. He's no nonsense. Yeah, he's very, and I, I like the way he. He's a serious guy. He's a serious guy. Yeah, in our, and he's, he's very funny. roundabout way. Yeah, I love, <laughs> and he's funny. Yeah, I, I like him when he's got like the the you know the cig hanging out of his mouth. Mm. I yeah, I like him. You know who's really funny? People don't know him. Tim Dom. Dillon. Oh, Tim Dillon. He's definitely he's up there. I think he's, he's coming. He's like a modern like like. I mean, Dave Chappelle's modern too, but like Tim Dillon is friggin' hilarious. He's so funny. I I would probably put him up there, and then I would say as like an older comedian. I mean, he's dead now. Uh, Don George Rick- Carlin. Uh, Don Rickles. Don, Don, George Carlin's good, but Don Rickles is hilarious. Hmm. 
that little old bastard, man, when he was on those talk shows talking shit. Yeah, he was, was he was like a, he was definitely like a, a smart aleck. Yeah. Yeah, I'm so, you know who he is? Don Rickles, yeah. Yeah, Sean's yeah. like, back in my day. <laughs> yeah, no. I grew up with <laughs> Donnie R, man. Yeah, Tell no, he's that. good, but yeah, definitely Tim Dillon, man. Yeah, he's, he's, he's funny. hilarious. So. Yeah, we just saw um, someone at Comedy Connection. He was pretty big. He was funny. He was just on Joe Rogan's podcast. I can't think of his name. It'll come to me. Like idiom. Like idiom. Another 45 minutes. <laughs> Take a quick break. No. So, yeah. Yep. Are you having fun, Sean? On the podcast? Yeah. That's I been feel pretty like, good. I feel like we need a third person here. A third person might be good. Yeah. You I never know. You know the hardest part is you never know when to wrap the podcast. No. You probably have to kind of have like a time... Loose time limit, I would say. Yeah, you do. Because I, I feel like the podcast, like you start right and it's a little bit stiff. People have to get comfortable on it, right? Right. And then it kind of opens up, right? And you get a good flow going, a good conversation. But it can like break. You got to find like the footing again. And then it's going well. But then at some point, everything kind of has to close up, right? So it's like, yeah, you know, <clears throat> I don't like, I don't know if we can release any of these podcasts because I think I'm like under some kind of. NDA where I can't actually talk about some of this stuff. Really? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, we didn't like, they don't know what we're talking about. Didn't name names or anything? No, no names, no numbers. I mean, the worst I said was like the I'll six. I'll have to talk to my lawyer. Yeah, the worst I said was the six, was six digits. Yeah. Six figures, but it could be anything. You guys don't know what I'm talking anything, about. Anything, anyone. Yeah. All right. Anything. Well, Kevin. I want to thank you Shawnee B. It's a pleasure. for coming on Moving the Mountain Creative Leadership Podcast. Thank you for having me. This is Agent Kevin. Kevin, why don't you give the people the digits, where to find you, how they can get in touch with you if they are looking to buy, sell uh, real estate. Agent Kev underscore at Agent Kev underscore on Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook, Kevin Peloso, my other alias. Uh, or K Peloso on Instagram and my phone. You want me to give my phone number? Yeah. If you have a business line or do you, do you allow people to call you like just direct on the cell? Yeah. I mean, my, my contact info is on my IG, but you know, if you want to go that way, most people they want to probably usually want to hop on the social first. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> and that wraps. Thank you. We're wrapped. And remember, wrap it before you. You gotta wrap, you know, wrap it up before.